Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbele, and this is being recorded live on Skype February 4th, 2023. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. Well, we have on a gentleman who I don't think, well, we, when was the last time we spoke? Maybe five years ago? Massimo Perez, good to speak to you. I think so, about five years, yeah. yeah. So what has been going on with you in the model railroading hobby? Uh, not too much, actually, because I've been very busy, so it's been mostly uh, reading uh, train and auto railroad magazines. Uh-huh. And today, just to try to get back into uh, the hobby to become uh, more active again, I drove over to uh, – so I live in the Brussels area. Mm-hmm. I drove over to uh, Cars, Germany, where there's a shop called uh, All American Trains. Wow. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's about two hours from uh, Brussels. Okay. And uh, I figured it would be nice to visit a hobby shop, and there's full of uh, American and uh, Canadian prototypes. Wonderful. And uh, I bought some books and uh, a small Reputo Trains uh, police car, and yeah, it was nice. Very cool. Very cool. So for folks listening in that may not remember your exact modeling interests, what kind of stuff were you modeling? So in the attic, I have um, a layout that's based on the, the Canadian National and Via Rail in the Centre region mm-hmm. in the northern quebec very cool it's, it's a place that i've been to uh, many times and uh, the last time i was there i took many pictures very good and I'm trying to recreate uh, that region and uh, logging and pulp and paper especially logging but i've also put in a pulp and paper uh, industry interesting. Is, uh, is important there for the railroad as is mining of course interesting interesting well in terms of the hobby you seem to have uh, if if you have a shop that's two hours drive away, what is the model railroading hobby like in your area? Well, virtually all of the hobby shops. Uh, well, I I would I think all of the hobby shops, virtually all of the the stuff they have are European prototypes. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So if you want to buy some track nails, uh, scenery materials, okay. But if you want to buy a, a locomotive, stock and locomotives, that's a that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But there is a there is a group that obviously models in the area that would support a hobby store two hours drive away. So there must be some locals that are doing North American prototypes. I would imagine. Yeah, there are absolutely. There was a there used to be a large uh, North American prototype hobby shop uh, close to Antwerp, which is just half an hour from mm-hmm. here. Uh, but it was an older guy, and uh, he closed the shop a few years ago. But that was a nice shop, a big one. Very nice. Very nice. So in terms of maintaining the hobby, these kind of things, are the local shows and stuff that you can attend, even if they're modeling European prototypes? Yeah. So every, I think it's every three years, maybe every, every, maybe every two years, there's um, a model railway, railway show on the continent in Europe focused on the North American prototypes. The last oh, one very was cool. the, the Netherlands. It's often in Germany. Very cool. So two or three years, um, there's a show, and I try to go to it. Yeah, Very and good. For, for the full weekend. And in terms of Canadian National, I mean, you're modeling something which is pretty unique um, in terms of your particular area. Are there other uh, CN or CP modelers, or are you pretty well the only one in your area? As far as I know, I'm the only one. There are some um, modelers um, in the Antwerp area that model the U.S. prototypes. Mm-hmm. Regarding Canadian National, I think I'm the – and especially VA, VRL, I think I'm the only one. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So in terms of your purchases recently, are you going to be putting your uh, police car and various other things to good use on your layout? 
Uh, well, I have a lot of uh, cars and uh, rolling stock. So I just, when I was at the the show in the, the Netherlands a year ago, I ordered some stuff and mm-hmm. uh, finally I went to get it. Oh, very good. Well, a year is not too bad, I guess, in terms well, of getting they, well, stuff. They put the stuff on the shelf and there was still a car remaining. <laughs> ah, other, interesting. The other stuff they sold. So I could understand. Eh? But it's not easy getting over there. And finally I got there and I got the car, which is okay. I mean, uh, that's fine. Very good. Very good. So in terms of listening into Model Rail Radio and stuff like that, were there any topics you think we could be covering that you'd like to hear? I mean, I I love the Canadian prototypes, so I'd love to do more stuff associated with that. But anything else you think we should be covering? Well, it would be nice to know if there's um, people modeling uh, Canadian prototypes in in this region. So in Belgium or the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Mm. um, Germany close to Belgium or in France close to Belgium, so in, in this area. Very good. Well, we'll put the call out and we'll see what happens. In terms of the Facebook group, I think I've seen you posting periodically. Any topics, anything that you want to kickstart in that area? Mm, no, not really. Um, no, no, just it would be interesting to know if there's fellow uh, yeah, people modeling something uh, similar in the Very area. cool. Very cool. Because I guess yeah, you have a few. I guess you have for this show, it's mostly people calling in from the UK, right? Uh, well, for this particular time, the UK, we have some Australians that call in, but uh, yeah, not not so many on mainland Europe. I'd love to hear from more mainland European listeners, actually. Um, yeah. But yeah, certainly, occasionally we have a, a Swede, very occasionally, yeah. but uh, yeah. always a pleasure chatting, Massimo. Thank you for calling in today. And you're uh, you're calling in from uh, Australia, or no? I'm in Las Vegas. I've been in Las Vegas oh, okay. for a couple of years now. Uh, was in the San Francisco Bay Area for about nine years, and certainly when I started the show, I think I must have started the show in Las Vegas when I used to live here, and then moved to the Bay Area, and then moved back here to have my daughters. So yeah, I'm in the Las Vegas area, which people do come and visit Las Vegas, but they very rarely come and visit me, which is one of the strange things about doing the podcast is people say, oh, yeah, I'm going to Vegas. Well, technically, I'm about 15 miles from the Strip in Vegas. You'd need to actually make a, a dedicated trip out to see me if you wanted to. But, uh, yeah, it, it is funny uh, being in this part of the world because there are, you know, the various model railroading shows, and this show in particular I was recording um, long-time Model Rail Radio participant Loris Eggering passed away through the week. So I was just hoping to get people together to, to talk about uh, Lawrence because he was such a, such a giving fellow in the hobby. I mean, he was always on the recording in the latter part. I'd always have a conversation with him just usually before I finished up the show or towards the end of the show. And his big thing was humour. He was very big on the Snossiches, which I think... They were trying to get rid of some radioactive waste. I was trying to remember before I got on the podcast today exactly what the story was with the Snossiches. I was made an honorary Snossets brother, I don't know, maybe five, maybe seven years ago, and he sent me a rail car, um, and everything was fluorescent green, and I think they did mutations. He had dinosaurs on his layout. He was very much about the hobby being really fun, and um really sorry to hear that Lawrence Eckering is no longer with us, but he certainly impacted a lot of people. So mm-hmm. the aim today was to uh, set up a recording and hopefully have folks call in um, who had Lawrence Eckering stories. I never actually met the gentleman. I unfortunately got to a few um, East Coast shows, mainly um, Grand Rapids in Michigan. And, you know, so I have been to a few places, but unfortunately none of the places that Lawrence Eckering was. I was actually really looking forward to meeting him one day. 
So his departure for me um, is a particularly poignant one. But what yeah. what to remember through his life was just this hobby is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about meeting people. It's supposed to be about getting out there. And, uh, you know, he certainly was very impactful in that light. And I think certainly having folks such as yourself call in today, um, much appreciated, Massimo. So thank you for calling in. Yeah, my pleasure. I'd like to welcome on Tony Ryan. Tony, I'm recording this show because I received some, well, I'm recording the show anyway, but I'm recording the show and I heard some sad news the week that Lawrence Egering had passed away. Had you actually had the opportunity to meet Lawrence? I never met him in person. Alas, alas. Yeah. He yeah. certainly had an impact on the hobby and I'm pretty sure you've been on a few calls together. Oh yeah, we, we did the hangouts after the model rail radio calls and I fact i was talking to you last time about uh, dccex and i had called him about three or four weeks ago to get his insight yeah he that. was just such a generous person associated with his knowledge in the hobby and the fact he was willing to share his knowledge with absolutely anyone yeah uh, so yeah, great guy very much so and certainly someone who i've had many years i mean through the covid period he and i talked quite candidly and post recordings and uh, these kind of things. I thought he was really someone I knew quite a bit about. Obviously the Snossiches, I was trying to remember as much as possible about the Snossiches and realized I probably should have gone back and listened to some old recordings <laughs> with him to actually get what the, the story was. But it was ra- radioactive goo, I seem to recall, they were trying to right. get rid of. Um, yeah. And they have various procedures to turn it to sausage and toothpaste. The meat that cooks itself. The meat that cooks itself. You've, you're well aware of the Snossiches. So in terms of the model railroading hobby, your last call was really fascinating because you're doing a bunch of stuff which I honestly didn't know that much about. For folks listening in, could you give more of a discussion to some of the new kinds of automation and some of the stuff that you're looking at in that direction? Well, it's funny because I guess this this project has been around for a few years. So mm. it's called uh, DCC++ or mm-hmm. Now it's been taken over by DCCEX, so it's DCC-EX if you search for it on Google. Interesting. Um, it is using Arduino uh, Unos or Megas to be, to uh, build your own uh, DCC command station. Very cool. And uh, if you use the Mega, it gives you some additional I/O pins that are available on the board, so you can. Uh, hook up sensors or lights or uh, uh, turnout controls or all sorts of stuff and, and hook it up to JMRI and mm-hmm. do automation that way. Um, the the other product that I had run across, and I, I just found out about it a, a year ago, mm-hmm. but apparently it's been around for seven years. Oh, interesting. Why I hadn't heard about it, I have no idea being into chips and computers like I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I called Larry to talk to him because I had a I have a Raspberry Pi Sprog. I don't know if you're aware of that product either. But no, tell me more. Tell me more. So the Sprog started out as a low cost uh, computer interface to run JMRI and and okay. DCC, um, but it was based off plugging it into a PC or an Apple or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then he came up with the Pi Sprog, so mm-hmm. it makes it's a hat that fits on a Raspberry Pi. Wonderful. So 
on the Pi, you can have a full uh, session of JMRI running, mm -hmm. and you don't need to tie up your PC. Interesting. Now, you can VNC, so a virtual node client or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, into the Pi with a tablet or your phone, and you have the full JMRI uh, interface running on your phone. You don't need a PC or a screen to access it for programming. Interesting. Yeah. So that I like the re the Pi Sprog for that aspect, mm -hmm. but it it is about two hundred dollars or Ooh, so. Ooh, interesting. Bit pricey for an experiment. It's a bit pricey, but it's still cheaper than let's say the computer. The, well, the computer with a, a standalone, you know offering other than like the nce power cab mm. it's in that price range certainly or the uh the digitrax zephyr but having that jmri running on the pi makes it for test tracks or uh you know a programming track that you want it standalone at a like at our freemo shows that's mm -hmm. what i originally had envisioned taking it to so that guys could set up consists or reprogramming a locomotive that was acting weird or whatever, it would be a perfect platform for that. The DCC EX uh, would gravitate more towards a standalone layout mm -hmm. where you don't need the JMRI. You're not going to be doing programming, oh, yeah. but you're more interested in maybe setting up a little shuttle track exactly. and you want some automation on it where so far, the the Pi has extra pins on it too, but I haven't been able to get the the session or the 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 image mm -hmm. of JMRI that I have and the Raspberry Pi operating system. I haven't been able to get the extra modules that would allow me to access those uh, I/O pins, or you could add the same sort of thing to the Pi Sprog. Interesting. I so found recently in my collection the Professor Silencer. You may remember the Professor Silencer from many model rail radios ago. But talking about the DCC shuttle, it's a, a device which I just find fascinating. Duncan McCree obviously dreamt it up one recording and put it onto paper and then actually created the hardware from it. But the DCC shuttle, or anything really that makes a simple shuttle operation for a locomotive is exactly what most modelers need as they're starting out their shelf layouts. So, yeah, I really see the niche is kind of captured. And if you're describing something that does something similar, all ears. Right. So so compare the Pi Sprog to a, a, a Zephyr or a mm -hmm. Power Cab, and then add in DCCEX, which takes the cost from about around $200 to around $40. Amazing. Right. Yeah. The, the Pi Sprog ha has Wi-Fi, so you can run it with any Wi-Fi throttle. You can run uh, through JMRI and uh, interface that way, but you lose local net control. So yeah. any, any throttles that you have won't work with that without building another module or adding something else to the system. Uh-huh. The DCCEX, there's a guy that runs the IOTT channel. He has a, a unit called the IOTT stick, which you have your DCCEX stack. He has a red hat that plugs the IOTT stick in. It adds Wi-Fi. It adds a Loconet interface, so you can still use all your Loconet 
throttles if you want to. Interesting. He has he has modules that will let you interface to MRC and NCE and other mm-hmm. throttle standards. So that while that's a forty dollar add on, it's still way cheaper and more flexible than many of the commercial offerings. Yes. The only problem is you don't get UL listing and it's not nice and neat with a power supply and a slick case and that sort of thing. But it's interesting to a tinkerer to, that likes to play around with stuff. Very cool. Very cool. No, it was great having you back on. Um, I'm just getting messaged by Andy Dixon in the UK sending his regrets associated with Lawrence Eggering, obviously someone in the hobby who lots of people had a lot to say about. But um, yep. as, as you point out, there was a side to Lawrence associated with Arduinos and programming. And I mean, he was really re-entering uh, or entering. Well, he, yeah, sorry, continue. He had just gotten the uh, position for the NMRA to be the guy That's for right. DCCEX. That's right. So Yeah, I remember talking to him about that, actually, because it struck me as just like, a vast quantity of information that was being shot in his direction that needed to be you know, read well, and processed to continue. And that was what he was into. All you know, It's been a couple of years ago. I made him a jig for doing something with a lighted lighthouse that he was mm. making for somebody. Because he was always going to guys' layouts and installing lights and his little sound circuits. Certainly. Frogs and crickets and whatever. So, yeah, he, he got around. He did. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to remember because he used to list off a bunch of names associated with people that have become honorary snossiches more than anything. And it just made me realize that, and every time we talked, there was another person he was, was, as you say, he was was attaching something to or doing something with. And yeah, you really start to realize that these people are kind of epicenters of the hobby. They're not just podcast personalities. They're also in their local area, very well known for... As you yeah. say, fix out people's layouts, putting different, new, interesting stuff on them. So, yeah, quite a... He definitely will be missed. Yes. Yes. So, the meat that cooks itself. I'm <laughs> glad you remember that. It really is a matter of, I think, of going back to these old podcasts and having a listen again, which I probably should have done leading into this one. But, uh, Tony, thank you for calling in today. A pleasure as always. We have. Do you remember Massimo Paris? Many, many recordings ago, fellow. Uh, I remember the name. I cannot, I can't think of his voice right now. I had the opportunity to chat with him briefly, uh, and he's just listening to the show recording today. So feel free to stay on the line. You know how we do things. Um, sure. I'm, I'm anticipating we will get other callers today, um, but uh, it might be, you know, waiting a few minutes and getting another caller. So please stay on the line. Pleasure chatting right. as always, Tony. Take care. Thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure catching up. And, yeah, this DCCEX, DCC++ stuff just had completely not been on my radar, and it seems like the perfect model for our radio fodder. So having you call in and talk about that was just, you know. Well, and, and since Larry was the guy, the day's the day to do it. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I completely, as you as you noted, he just picked up the, the mantle of running with this with the NMRA, and obviously he's the right guy or was the right guy to do it. Let's hope this you know, 10 people to clone the one Lawrence Agri in this what? Well, I know uh, Dave Bodnar. Do you know his that name? 
It's not a name I know, unfortunately. Okay. He's involved in it, too. Um, who's also involved, involved with uh, Seth and uh, Dave Barraza and a couple of other guys. Okay, interesting. That. So is yeah. he is a Silicon Valley local or is he? A... I, I believe so. Interesting. I, I've just the only time I've interacted with Dave has been through his uh, posts on Model Railroad Hobbyist and a couple other places. But he has a he has a web post about using some of the DCC plus plus components to build um, inexpensive boosters for adding to your layout, so you can. Yeah. That but right sense. now, I think the the best product is still uh, Tam Valley. Yes, I heard Duncan had been unwell recently, which uh, I don't know if he's unwell. I know that they're not really shipping products because they can't get parts. Um, interesting. If you look at their web page, but as far as I know, Duncan's doing okay. Okay, I'd heard that. Uh, yeah, things have been good for him health wise, but I heard he was making his way out of the situation. So that's. Uh, Oh, he might have he might have had COVID. Oh, uh, probably a while ago. Yeah, <laughs> probably yeah. as many of us did. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, I've got twin daughters that are keeping me alive and kicking. <laughs> they moved into beds like within the past couple of days, which is interesting because they're both they're both like they know about forty odd words each, mm-hmm. so they're just at that kind of pre language language phase. But now they both they sleep in the same room, and the first thing they do when the lights go out is they switch beds, <laughs> and then they have to negotiate amongst each other. One of them ends up sleeping in the other one's bed. Typically, now they they actually have beds that they can sleep in. So there's some interesting negotiation that has to go on between them, associated with who's sleeping in whose bed, how this stuff's working out. The bed thing has just completely changed the dynamic because previously they were in cots, obviously, right. Um, but also, this weekend, t- tomorrow, we're going to start the toilet training thing, too. So, we're going to be all hands on deck. But the beds themselves are just, they do, they have an afternoon nap. And they haven't actually napped for the past two afternoon naps because they've been in beds. And they just run between them and then they pull the curtains open. And then, oh, you know, yeah. they're in that phase, basically, where they're just all experimenting with the environment all the time, testing the doors how, and all this How kind of much stuff. can we get away with before mom and dad Amen. come in? Amen. Just like <laughs> constantly. And we have a camera in their room, so we know, you know, we know what's going on. But in the evenings, they're actually really good. In the evenings, they actually go to sleep pretty quickly. So it's just the midday nap that I think is increasingly going to be interesting. But look, yeah. just my daughters are keeping me very much uh, young, very much active. I lost about 90 pounds. I just basically got really thin when, um, you know, within the first five months they were here. Uh, and just, you know, you've got to be completely on your toes with regards to these young people. Because <laughs> yeah. any, anything remotely looking like elderliness, um, will just be seen as a sign of weakness. But, uh, oh, here we go. We've got Jim Gifford calling in. So I'd like to welcome sure. on Jim Gifford. You obviously had the opportunity to meet Lawrence Egering. So you, um, probably have a, a different perspective. I was just talking with Tony Ryan. Tony noted that Lawrence had just been made the DCC++ fellow in the NMRA. He was looking at all the new protocols and all the new standards. In fact, last time I talked to um, Lawrence, he was talking about all the stuff that he's now doing. So, obviously, you had the opportunity to meet the gentleman. Um, what are your memories? Well, I, uh, I met uh, 
Uncle Larry at um, Indianapolis. When we were oh, very nice. On the trip. And um, we had a very memorable night with him and uh, um, Lyle. And uh, they were stirring up the barmaid. I thought the, we would end up with the, the law coming to sort us out. <laughs> Interesting. Well, if anyone's going to push it, it's going to be uh, Lionel Strang. I mean, he... He has a reputation, I think, in in these. Yeah, he certainly certainly does. And, and uh, we uh, set up. We had a fantastic evening, and uh, that was after dinner with Jim Scores and a few others. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, um, I suppose, we spent about three hours chatting in the bar. Wonderful. Going up fun, and then since then, I've had the opportunity to speak to Larry separately on Skype a number mm-hmm. of times. And, Very good. Um, we uh, we exchanged some Arduino work as well. Very and, cool. Uh, um, yeah, it's going to be missed. Because, uh, Sorely missed. He always used to say, let's not wait so long for the next time we chat, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, you yeah, know, he was yeah. a fixture on Model Rail Radio. Obviously, he was a fixture on Lionel's show as well. I mean, just the perfect podcast participant and guest. And I was chatting with Tony Ryan. Tony remembered the meat that cooks itself. I couldn't remember the snossage tagline, but Tony had remembered it. So were you ever made into an honorary snossage? I was made into an honorary snossage at one stage. No, no, I I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly uh, some of the stuff that he does with, uh, was it, Danny Gels- Gelsma? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they had the snossage stuff between them. <laughs> certainly. I mean, I think it's. Mm. I'm just trying to remember. I thought the late John Armstrong also had a similar thing with radioactive goo, which might have been the origin of snossages, but uh, certainly just such an energy and such a happiness about the hobby, which I think, you know, was very infectious. Um, that's certainly what I remember, Larry. Yes. But yeah. Oh, yes. He's just such a, such a nice person, too. Without question. So as we have you on, you, you were complaining that this is slightly too early for you, so thank you very much for braving the, the early morning to call in today. Yeah, well, the sun's the sun is not fully up yet. Ah, alas. <laughs> in terms of model railroading hobby in your area, what's going on currently? Um, I'm about to have my first op session. Very cool. For the year. Very right, cool. On, on Monday, tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. And uh, it's Sunday here. Certainly. And uh, I've Decided that I had to scale back what I was trying to do. Interesting. Was, um, I, I was trying to get the logistics system really flying, but mm-hmm. I think uh, the reality is that we're all a bit older and we don't cope quite as well. And Certainly. I don't. I not. Uh, I found that uh, I was loading myself up too much. Interesting. So, That's important feedback, isn't it? Still, still have realistic. Very good. So, yeah, how, so how are you offloading be, this? Um, what, are you, what are you cutting back on specifically? Um, I guess in the planning, um, mm-hmm. we've come from nine positions back to eight positions. Interesting. And um, and then space out um, well, so there's a bit more of a break. Interesting. Uh, people were saying, oh, you know, need a bit of time for the crew room. Sit down, can't stand up for three hours anymore or two and a half hours anymore need to have a break in the middle so interesting um, whether that means i'll have to um introduce a bit of a, a roster mm-hmm. so people will get a go um, um you know wayne has done that because wayne has, has got his to um a maximum of five interesting so so what happens now is uh, 
he starts off in surname order and uh, and he can how many times and those number of times get to uh, get the first invite. Interesting. And if they can't come, you know, then, then he always puts out a couple of first and second reserve, if you like. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Mm. So the trick is just fewer people and that gives a greater greater breathing room. Is that the plan? Yeah. Well, if you look at the intensity of the – you know, I, I do a train graph to make Certainly. work. And if you look at the busyness of the train graph, um, it's uh, it's a lot. In last month's blog, there's a link to two PDF files, and if you pull them up and have a look one or the other, you can. It's obvious that the intensity is less. <laughs> so um, yeah, hopefully it's going to work. Don Don thinks that it's headed the right direction. Very good. Uh, so um, yeah, Wayne and I have had some serious discussions. Like I've also had serious discussions with Don about things. Mm-hmm. So that's that. I suppose the other thing is I bought one of the Proto Throwers. It's a very cool. present for myself. <laughs> I think and, I've, um, I've seen that. So, yeah. How are you finding yeah, it? Uh, um, well, I've got it set up. It'll be the first operating session um, that we'll use it on. Don's going to do it. And mm-hmm. it's kind of you have to come and learn how to use it before you get your hands on it. Because, mm-hmm. uh, it is quite different. <laughs> yes. But but Don's, Don's experience, and Don used to be a guard, as you know, on the, on the South Australian Railway. Um, he says it's the closest thing that he's come across to making the engineer's role just about complete. So. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's an endorsement. Yeah, it was. So I'm quite, um, um, you yeah, know, quite, quite chuffed that I've managed to set it up. I can't use my normal setup that I've got for all my locos in terms of speed matching or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but given that those, you know, I've set up a, uh, like, clique, it's dead. It's designed for the Block, block 5s and the Tsunami 2s. Mm-hmm. Right? Set up around the And, of course, I didn't have any Tsunami 2s, so mm-hmm. it gave me an excuse to buy two new locos. So. Very good. As <laughs> if you need an excuse. <laughs> yeah, as if I needed it. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, I think it'll, it'll, it'll go well. It's, it's actually the first locos that I've done fancy lighting on and all that sort Ooh, of stuff as well. Very so. nice. So they're the locos to run on your lap. I'm starting to get a little bit into things a bit more now. So very cool. Sorry, I missed that. No, I think I, I, I think we're having audio issues. Full stop, Jim Gifford. So pleasure catching yeah. up anyway. But uh, I appreciate. It. Thank you very much for calling in early this morning. Please send on my regards to your crew. Um, That's all right. I'll, yes, I certainly will do that. And I um, uh, hope you and the family are well. We are. We are. Thank you very much for those wishes, and it's a pleasure catching up with you. We constantly think of South Australia. Um, Obviously, my daughter's name is Adelaide, so there's a lot to think about. But, uh, yeah, I don't know when we're next going to be on a jumbo over to your part of the world, but we'll certainly look you up when we are. Excellent. We'll look forward to that. Talk to you soon, Jim. Take care. Okay. Cheers. Bye. I'd like to welcome yeah. Tom Gaze. Yeah, as you might know, we are remembering Lawrence Segering in this particular recording. You went to a few shows. I'm assuming you'd met Uncle Larry at some stage? Myself? Yes. No, we never met in person. Interesting. If you, if you can believe we were hoping to meet in Dallas. Ah. Can you believe that? Best friends who never met. 
Interesting. He was that kind of guy. I mean, that's my memory of him. You know, the sausages, all these kind of things. I just yeah. knew so much about him. And literally for, you know, the last half hour in any given model rail radio, he was just such a constant fixture with this particular podcast recording. And through COVID, he and I talked probably every other week at least. So just such an amazing, such a generous friend in the hobby. That's the way I think of him. Yeah, I think that's that's the perfect way to think of him is if you talk to Larry about a problem you're having, he took it on himself. He would almost be more interested in solving it than than I would or my other you know, friends on the podcast. He took that on. He was very good about giving back to us and the hobby. Most definitely. And also, he recently, as, as Tony Ryan reminded me, took on a role with the NMRA associated with DCC Plus and all this like really fascinating stuff. I mean, last time he was on Model Royal Radio, he and I were chatting about um, because I mean that was obviously a large part of his life as well. The Arduinos and all that aspect of the Model Rowing Hoddy automation, but also, and this is an important point, he helped out so many people locally in his area as well. Like he was always building something for someone to get something working on someone's lab. Just constant narrative like that. Yeah, he was always doing stuff for the club or people would hire him you know, or attempt to hire him. I don't know if he'd take their money. Mm-hmm. And he he just gave back, you know, everything that he got, you got back tenfold. And Certainly. like you said, at the end of your conversations, you would always be there and you'd talk about so many things. And that was Larry and I, we talked about every other week. We just check in on each other. Mm. No trains and mess on messenger. Hey, how are you doing? How's the missus? How's your wife? How's my wife? And then we'd talk and sometimes video, video chat, if we need beer, was it more convenient? And but he always he always gave back everything, and I'm you know the club members and everyone he knew down there were blessed to have that resource. Certainly, you know, I think we all were some fundamental yeah. level. So yeah, someone obviously sorely will be sorely missed, but we just have to keep. I mean, certainly talking with Tony Ryan, you know, the meat that cooks itself, keep the sausages alive, keep all these elements. You know, the hobby's supposed to be fun; it's supposed to not be. Don't take it too seriously was, I guess, the motto that uh, I took away from uh, my conversations with Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. The Snossage Brothers. And you mentioned that he took on a role with the NMRA. Mm. So the story with that was Gordy called me one day and he says, I'm looking for a guy to take over some electrical thing on DCC. Mm-hmm. And instantly my mind went to Larry. Of course. Of course, which, you know, so then Gordy called him and did this. And then Larry called me back and said, what did you get me into? And he was all bad. And then, you know, perfect Larry fashion about a month later, he, he was taking it on and running with it. Oh, man. You know, and earning <laughs> earning the respect of the NMRA and, and the manufacturers and everything in, in his work, trying to bring standards to wrangle in all the new electronics that we get every day. Certainly. So... He he may say he reluctantly went into things, but once he knew... Oh, boots and all. Boots and all. And he, and he had friends and he had someone he could trust. He did. You know, and I, you know, I, I have to thank you kind of for letting me Larry, know who Larry was and get to talk to him and more things. Well, thank you. As, as the crew on my podcast, we were talking last night about Uncle Larry and they were thanking me yes. for introducing them because they, they learned to call him up. And talk to him about their issues, and he'd always looked at things from a you know different view than most. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's always welcome to get another set of eyes or ears or thought process. Yeah, you know, 
I didn't have a sense of. I mean, he he had a professional career as well. There were so many different levels to him, and I never really got a sense of that, except when we talked candidly through the um, COVID times. You know, you just got a real sense that this man had been professionally in a variety of different areas. And just every interaction I had with him left me smiling and thinking, that was a good interaction. I'm really glad to know Larry. Um, And I think certainly uh, my hope was that we'd get on Mike Slater and a few other folk who uh, would meet up with him periodically at shows. I'm surprised you never had the opportunity. I mean, I guess... He was uh, kind of a fixture on the East Coast show circuit, so maybe not some area that you'd normally go, but, yeah, certainly a character. Yes, yeah, we were talking about that, that he was at the uh, Springfield show or Amherst, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, and some of my friends there were like, I miss talking to Larry. I'm like, yeah, and I've and I've seen him in people's videos as he's walking by. Oh, yeah. Everybody, everybody there's walking around with a camera and a live stream. Oh, yeah. And but yeah, I always left every conversation feeling better about myself and the world because we'd evolved from trains to family and our health. And we talked about the military. Of course. You know, and it was just that's how we ended it. You know, we always, you know, told each other how we felt about each other. And then hey, I'll talk to you next time. Most and, definitely. And it was honest. It was very honest. Very honest. That's exactly right. So you now, as, as you mentioned, you now have a podcast going from strength to strength. In terms of the podcast, you know, what are the plans for the foreseeable future? It, I mean, I, I think the thing that fascinates me is that I know so many people in this hobby that could make a decent podcast. And when you came out with yours, it was like, right on. Tom Gozier has a particular perspective on the hobby, and I'd like to hear more of it. So thank you very much for you know, getting your podcast going, and now it's moving from strength to strength. What's what's going on currently? Well, thank you for the kind words. Yeah, I was inspired by you and Lionel and, you know, Trevor Marshall, of course. Oh, yeah. I, he's, his saying is still ringing in my head, you know, with his 50 shows and walk away. As I'm approaching 50 Drop shows. Drop the mic. <laughs> yes, I get it. I get why he left it. I'm looking at you in the 200s and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. The, the, what the wars. But... I, like you said, I, I agree there's 20 to 30 to 50 more people who could have a podcast oh, man. And, and, different, and different takes. I mean, you inspired me with saying that the, the war gamers oh, have yeah. 30 to 40. And I'm like, it's well, insane. why can't model around? Exactly. No, exactly. The number of people. Yeah. And I think there was also there's also the sense of adventure. You know, you start doing a podcast. You've got all this new tech you've got to deal with. You've got to start editing audio, which, oh, my goodness. of the podcast is editing audio. So, yeah, I was really uh, very, I don't know, it's difficult when you listen to someone because you just get it as a podcaster. Like when you listen to someone else's podcast, you're like, oh, they're taking this direction. Oh, they're exploring this aspect. Oh, that's interesting, you know. And it's not that I'm taking away feedback to think, oh, Model Rail Radio has to change. It has to change this way. I'm thinking it's really good that, you know, Tom Gacy is actually taking it in this direction. I mean, certainly... You know, your perspective on the hobby has been something that I've always looked towards as a thing of interest. And now with your podcast, I actually get to explore that in even more real terms. So thank you very much for putting it out. Yeah, well, thank you. And I wanted to go a different way, like you said, because people like you and Lionel and some other people, uh, you know, the new uh, Around the Layout podcast are doing beautiful interviews. You, Someone comes on your show and you're interested and you guys do wonderful one-on-one interviews. Mm-hmm. 
And I think my podcast came from my core group of modelers oh, yeah. after a session or after a show, oh, yeah. sitting around and talking. And I'm like, we should record this. Yes. And that's why I kind of said, well, I'm going to pick, we're going to pick a topic, operations, car cards, electric, mm-hmm. you know, something. And go round, round and get all these different views. And I think, like you said, the positive feedback we're receiving are people are listening to it and they're like, I want to jump in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we're doing something right. I, well, I just, if, appearing, appearing on Lionel's podcast, as I did recently, literally I had a head injury and the next week was talking on Lionel's podcast. I, it made me realize that, you know, each of us has our own particular niche, our own particular perspective, but we can all... Not only can we all coexist together, we can all actually get better together collectively. Uh, and that's certainly something that I found with your podcast is when I listen into it, I'm like, hmm, hmm, maybe I can do this a bit better. Or, you know, it is a kind of, it's not even, it's not competition at all. It's in fact the opposite of competition. It's just like friendly, you know, directions that come through this thing. So thank you very much for everything you do. Thank you very much for calling in today. And I think, um, you know, remembering Lawrence Egering just in terms of his character, certainly that's what I'm trying to do with this particular recording. So thank you very much for calling in today, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And we're all Miss Larry. He's going to leave a hole. Amen. Amen. Anyway, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you, Tom. I'd like to welcome on the one and only okay, Timothy Harrison. We are talking about the late Lawrence Egering. Did you have an opportunity to meet Uncle Larry? I did. Uh, I was so lucky enough to meet him at the Valley Forge RPM. Ooh, very nice. Um, and and uh, it was he was just absolutely. You know, some people you just you have this mo- feeling before you meet them that they're just going to be the most wonderful person ever. Yeah. And I don't mean to gush, but he truly was. I got to meet him in person, and he was just so amazing. Uh, just made me feel like I was, you know, his 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 bro, his long lost friend. Um, uh, and what was really amazing too was that he, even over the time I knew him, he he really loved my family too. He was just that kind of a guy. That was I literally before you came on. I was just talking about how Michelle had befriended him recently. And, like, was, you know, devastated when she heard the news about his passing, but also really appreciated. I think his daughters joined the Model Rail Radio Facebook page as well. I mean, the, the, the way his family was kind of layered into everything he did, uh, and now, yeah. you know, he kind of become part of... I mean, I unfortunately never had the opportunity to meet the gentleman, but he's someone who I, you know, long-time working relationship on these podcasts, but also got a sense that if there was any ever anything that other people needed he was always there you know yeah very much helping out and assisting and the stuff he was doing most recently with the nmra was obviously a logical extension of all the stuff he did with arduinos and other things in terms of um just a sense of like what he's you know what's missing now uncle larry's no longer here where do you think the hobby goes i mean i think it's really our collective responsibility as those who knew him to carry on his legacy. Oh, I totally agree. You know, one of the things I loved about him was, uh, um, and he would admit it. He was, you know, one of the older of the older guard, but he mm-hmm. was not dismal at all about the no. hobby. He was excited about Without it. Question. And and I think that's what we need to carry on is is that excitement that he had. That's his legacy, and just not being afraid to to dig into new products. And I mean, you know, he was he was just always getting his hands into the next biggest thing. I mean. Uh, 
and just getting to know all the parts and pieces of it. And yeah, that's that's where I think we pick up where he left off is just that enthusiasm to keep on growing the hobby and just to be a welcoming hand for those coming into it. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Big shoes to fill, but the shoes that need to be filled without question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was just such a wonderful guy. Always, like you said, always ready to help uh, with anything. I mean, there were several times when he directly, you know, he wasn't, I say directly, but he wasn't there at my house. But, you know, I have a, a wiring enigma or something like that. I would just give him a call. He helped me sort it out right there and be good to go. I mean, that was just the kind of guy he was. He really meant it when he said, just ask me if you ever need any help for anything. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. So in terms of podcasts, what's happening with the Model Railcast show? What, what what kind of stuff do you anticipate putting out in the next few months? Well, it's definitely it's definitely on been on hiatus. I have to get my recording studio back together, but it's not dead. I, I promise everybody it's not dead. It's going to come back. Very good. <laughs> and uh, In yeah, terms uh, of interviewing co-hosts, I've been waiting on the call to be interviewed, but uh, are you planning on getting any new co-hosts in? What, what's going on would, in that scenario? At the very least, I've had quite a few guys uh, just offer to help out in that area, and that, and I will probably take them all up on that. I was thinking, at least for a little while, just go with some rotating co-hosts and just see how people fit and I'm in. how it feels, and uh, and just going that way. Um, and uh, uh, I think it'd be a cool way to get the fans involved too. Um, yeah, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of where we're going to be going with that next. Well, we've had on uh, Tom Gazier, obviously, in terms of new podcasts coming out from strength to strength. So it's interesting, you know, being part of the, as you say, the old guard um, associated with this hobby um, and putting it out in podcast form. But I think certainly the more content, the merrier, and really looking forward to seeing what direction you take the podcast going forward. Excellent, excellent. And yeah, and I'm super excited for Tom's show. I'm glad you mentioned that. But yeah, that's. And, and, you know, all the, the, the rising tide raises all ships. So, yeah, the more content, the better. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you for providing a memory of Lawrence Egering. Important to do and always a pleasure chatting. Take care, Tim. Absolutely, Tom. And thank you so much for uh, working to preserve his legacy on your show. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Take care. like to welcome on Andy Zimmerman. Andy, uh, we are talking today about Lawrence Egring, but we're also talking about the model railroading hobby, which obviously Larry uh, was a, a big part of. Do you, if you ever met Lawrence Egring? Is he a gentleman you know? Well, actually, Lawrence Egring was, uh, I'm, I'm the uh, Anna Murray Standards and Conformance Chair. Ah. And so Larry Egring worked for me as my DCC working group manager. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And He's prior Navy. I'm prior Navy, so we uh, we worked together. Um, we've worked together in, in for this over this past year, and we developed a pretty strong friendship over the past year. Oh yeah, he was a man who so, generated very strong friendships. I mean, that was the nature of Uncle Larry because he was just so passionate about what he did, and it was impossible to communicate with him without conveying that passion. Obviously, you were already involved. So, Roger, Roger that. So. Yeah, Larry and I spent the entire last weekend uh, in Amherst together. Very cool. As a matter of fact. So uh, we flew up to Amherst. We did the Anna Murray, uh National Meeting. Uh, meet, uh, our board met. Um, we delivered all of our reports, and then mm -hmm. we went out and did some recruiting for the NMRA Very and cool. enjoyed the show. Very cool. So, yeah. 
I mean, certainly the discussion of him at the, you know, at the Amherst show seems to indicate, as as he always did, he was enjoying the hobby until the very end, right? Right until the very end. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I made a comment on my Facebook page that uh, Larry passed away doing the two things that he loved. And one of them was uh, he was engaged with other fellow model railroaders in uh, enhancing the model railroad um, experience uh, via his work through the NMRA. And then he made it a point that he had to go home early on Sunday to be with his family because it was his granddaughter's 21st birthday. Wow. So he went home to um, spend some time with his family and his granddaughter uh, on her special day. So, and then unfortunately he passed away later that evening. Gosh. Yes. Well, just so, the energy, just the raw energy of Lawrence Egering is something that I think, and, you know, obviously the Snossiches, he was someone who wasn't about taking the hobby seriously. He was about making yeah. it into an active, you know, an active hobby of, of humor and goodwill, which I think is mm-hmm. certainly, oh, yeah. yeah. Rubbed up on a lot of people. He did. He did. And he was very skilled with, um, with Arduinos and just about anything electronics. Uh, he was able to, uh, create a lot of, uh, unique things in, uh, from the model railroading perspective, from the model railroading perspective. Sorry. Can't talk. I mean, in his area, he was the guy that just created the gap, you know, filled the gaps basically of people need for people's layouts and stuff like that. I mean, one of the great things yeah. I found about talking with him on a regular basis was just each each time I talked with him, he had a new story from his you know his immediate vicinity of people that he was helping out and doing various things in the hobby that just you know clearly in his area he was just such a unique person and such a a contributor to the model railroading hobby in his area. Well, oh yeah, he he loved he loved to be able to um, create um, and he also loved to resolve issues and problems. Um, for other people too. Certainly. So, it, a lot of people looked up to Larry. He oh, he yeah. had quite the quite quite the following, and um, he uh, you know one thing I noted while we were walking around talking to all the manufacturers at the uh, Amherst show was just about everybody knew Larry. Certainly. So, well, that was one of the ways I found out about his passing. Actually, was I think uh, Digitracks. Did a, a soundtrack. Post. Soundtrack, sorry, you're soundtrack, right. Soundtracks yeah. did a post yeah, and I, broke the news. I think for many of us. Yeah, I called. Um, I had called his wife to. Well, actually, I called him uh, to ask him why he wasn't answering my text because we had all these uh, these conversations that we were yeah. that we had been uh, we had been going back and forth over the weekend, and I sent him a couple of uh, texts and said, "Hey, I really need your uh, input on this," and. When he didn't answer me, that's not like Larry. No. So, so I sent him another one, and I figured out maybe he's just busy. And then um, I realized, okay, I I need to get this thing done. So I uh, called him, and when I called him and talked to him, he he didn't answer right away. But his his wife answered on like the third call, and mm. I could hear voices in the background, and one of them kind of sounded like Larry. So uh, she said, um, "This is his wife. Can I help you?" And I'm like. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry if I'm interrupted. Um, uh, you know, I apologize. Could you just please have Larry call me when he gets done? And his wife has said, Andy, um, Larry can't call you back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, what happened? So she t- she described for me what happened and how it happened and how she found him. And um, so I immediately uh, called up uh, Gordy from the Anna Marie mm-hmm. president. Of course, yes. Uh, 
and I talked to him and um, he was already in bed in, you know, in Orkney, Scotland. Yes. He was, he was already trying to get some sleep and I woke him up and I said, look, this is a leadership thing. I could do this, but I think this needs to come from you. Yeah. So, uh, and I had already, I had already written up the entire email um, announcing what happened. And I said, I'm going to send this to you and, you know, you read it over and then send out something. So he did that. And then um, of course, my next step was to send it out to our entire DCC working group team, I mean. which inc- which included soundtracks. Yes. And, um, and I let them all know what happened. So, and then soundtracks was very kind and, uh, went out and posted something on their website. Yes. Well, I was waiting at the doctor, literally just scrolling through my Facebook. I saw the news and it was just cause to draw breath, but obviously remember a man who put so much joy into the world that, you know, it's impossible not to put joy into the world when you remember him because that was right. just the nature of who he was. Do you have right, a, right. do you have a Snosset related story that you can, I don't. Well, actually, I, I kind of do, but it's not personal to me. Um, we were going up to uh, up to Amherst this weekend, mm-hmm. and we were supposed to run. Um, we were going to run operations on uh, a layout up there, mm-hmm. and Larry <laughs> opens up this box, and it's got a sausage box car. <laughs> and he decided that he he was going to donate this sausage box car. Uh, to the owner of the layout and mm-hmm. it went along with a certificate and everything else. And so he made kind of a big deal out of it and it was pretty funny, but um, guy didn't even know it was coming, but, um, but you know, he really, he really loved, uh, he really loved surprising people with that kind of stuff. So, oh, yeah. Uh, um, but like I said, it, it wasn't personal to me. I just watched him do it. While Certainly. We operate, so, I was made an honorary snotch at some stage and made sure every time I spoke to Larry, I asked after the brothers um, because you know, that was just a part of the hobby that he did, that it was part of the Ooh. fun that he had in the hobby. And keeping dinosaurs on his layout and keeping green ooze and this kind of stuff was just Ooh. all, you know, exactly his, you know, picture of the hobby and the way in which he wanted to pass it on. I think the late John Armstrong did something similar. I think he had radioactive waste on his layout, and I think I'm not sure if that's where Laurie, Larry got the idea from or where the snossiches actually came out of, but... Uh, it was certainly a very fun part of the hobby that he was a part of. Right. I didn't get a chance to ever ask him about you know, the uh, background behind the sausage thing, but he he uh, he loved doing it. And oh, yeah. He always got a kick out of it. Tony Ryan remembered the meat that cooks itself, so we're kind of gathering together memories of the sausages. I was wondering if you had one, mm-hmm. but uh, it sounds like you were just there. <laughs> I was just, no, I was just there. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, it's a pleasure catching up, Andy. In terms of uh, the model railroading hobby, anything new? Anything you want to put out for the model rail radio? Um, we had a great time at uh, the NMRA. I had a great time at uh, at uh, Amherst. at the Amherst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Don't Amherst uh, Model Railroad Show, and uh, and this was the. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, do you remember who Lee uh, Fitzgerald was? No, I don't, but please tell me. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Lee Monaco Fitzgerald and then uh, her husband, Jim Fitzgerald, who was the um, founder of N-Track. Interesting. Interesting. um, So so Jim has passed away, and so has Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, in their legacy, they left the N-Track standard and the Mm -hmm. T-Track standard. Interesting. Uh, And I model T-Track, but but this year... um, This year is the 50th 
anniversary of Ntrack. Interesting. So we did a uh, kind of a, a big um, to do uh, mm-hmm. about the 50th year of Ntrack. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, um, Jim Fitzgerald had developed a, uh, a I want to say he called it a U60, but it was um, it. Uh, the engine was made out of lead and depleted uranium. Ooh. So it was about 24 ounces Gosh. of engine. And it pulled 564 cars. Wow. I guess. Uh, end scale cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. when, it, when it came out. And it had debuted at several shows. And, and uh, um, he had shown that off uh, quite a bit. And when he passed away, he had three of these engines uh, and Cotton Brute, and then there were a couple of other ones. Um, and I don't remember all the names, but they all, I think they all ended in Brute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so that engine kind of, the engines kind of you know, faded away, and, and nobody seemed to remember where they came from until we started talking about it online. Mm-hmm. And one of the members said he had it. So. Um, so he turned over the engine to the uh, organization NRAIL, which mm. is the old N-Track. Mm-hmm. And the president of NRAIL had it, uh, had commissioned it to be repaired. Wow. So they repaired the engine. They added some sound and some uh, DCC to it. Mm-hmm. And this past weekend, was we ran it uh, in memory of Jim Fitzgerald mm-hmm. and uh, – Gosh. And and uh, we had his the 50th anniversary um, run, and we ran that uh, the Cotton Brute and ran it all around the N track layout Very and cool. the T track layouts. So, how many cars did you have on it? Um, it? It was it wasn't near as many as that, but we wanted to run um, a couple of hundred, but uh, we just didn't have the time and. And or the, those that number of cars to actually physically do it. So I think there was like twenty or thirty cars on okay, it. Okay, that's still respectable. <laughs> but the cars that it was pulling were commemorative cars, mm. um, and so they all they had uh, like a the tenth anniversary, twentieth anniversary, thirtieth anniversary, you know, Very cars. Cool. Um, so and then a lot of um, organizational and club cars behind it. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for calling in today, Andy. And obviously you had a unique perspective on Larry Agarin. So it was wonderful to get your particular take because as you know, he, you know, was perfectly suited to the role that he found himself in with the NMRA. And obviously he had a longstanding interest in, in Arduinos and a bunch of other technology and just making the hobby fun. So yeah, he did. Absolutely. And when I saw it, I, I haven't gotten on the show for, you know, quite a while, but, um, and matter of fact, when they told us that Skype was going away, I, I had already um, uninstalled it. And, <laughs> and I, it. <laughs> I looked, yeah, I, I had completely deleted it. And I looked and it said it was going to be on Skype. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. And I'm an IT too. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I thought the platform was over. So I went over and looked. And sure enough, I could download a newer version of Skype. So I guess Microsoft changed its mind. Um, downloaded it. And then... Um, because I saw that your your topic was going to be Larry Eggering today, so I wanted to listen in and well, thank you. In could, but thank you for calling so thank in. You for, Pleasure chatting. Yeah, you too. So we're just taking calls as they come, Andy. Uh, okay. 
it's a different time because my daughters have their nap currently. So it's not people's favorite. A lot of people have contacted me and said, you know, we'd like you to do it later or we'd like you to do it earlier. I mean, everyone has their own time. But yeah, what I'm doing mm-hmm. today is just taking calls as they come. Taking calls as they come in and yeah. have the discussion and then go ahead and I'll edit carry it on all together. Yep, I'll edit it all together. So feel free to stay okay. on the call or not, if you want and we'll just wait for the next caller. Um, no worries. I just thought I would join in and, and add my part. But thank you for letting me. Not at all. Pleasure as always. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. I'd like to welcome on a gentleman who not only knew Lawrence Seekering in podcasts, but also had met him at shows, Mike Slaker. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Pretty good. What are your memories associated with Uncle Larry? Oh, let's see. Well, Mike and I uh, met him, well, obviously through your show, I think. And uh, when he came to uh, Train Fest with uh, Gelsma Graphics and whatever, we, uh, mm-hmm. we hung out and uh, had some meals together and did a little bit of chatting. And uh, and he joined a little uh, group we had, and uh, we'd, we'd chat on Friday nights, and uh, he was... Uh, he was our sailor slash seminarian, so uh, we had. Oh man, covered both areas. Good laughs, good laughs with Larry. Very definitely, very definitely. And you also knew him on podcasts as well. Obviously, the energy, the passion came through in podcasts too. Yes, absolutely. The um, his his religious background is something that many of us knew candidly through various interactions. The seminarian—that's perfect way to describe him. Yeah, I would say. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was a lot like me. He could pray on his knees and curse like a stable boy. So it's very good. Know, so. so, Mike, as we have you on as well, what are your memories of Uncle Larry? <laughs> <laughs> we were we were wondering how long it would take to realize that. <laughs> that, was, that was very quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how many people are there? Can we can we introduce every one of you individually? Sure, sure. We have uh, uh, our good, of course, uh, long time. Uh, Non-caller uh, James Rent. <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, Fast Track's number one salesperson Kevin Marks. Wonderful. Hello. And uh, and of course myself. Well, Mike, I did give you an intro, but thank you for giving the intro to the folks. So Rent was immediately identifiable. Um, but <laughs> uh, Western voice, I get it. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So in, t- in terms of Mike Slater, you specifically, what are your memories of Uncle Larry? Just, just a, a great person, uh, a very giving person. I remember uh, one of the train fests that he uh, attended, and we all went out to dinner afterwards. And we were just sitting there, and there was a family sitting in a, in a booth, uh, kind of next to our big table of individuals. And and Larry actually went to the waitress and uh, told the waitress. Uh, don't uh, give the family their their bill. Give me their bill, and I'll Wonderful. pay their meal. Wonderful. And and, and when and when the uh, the family asked for their uh, their bill, and that uh, waitress said that gentleman over there uh, paid for it, and the family was just so grateful. But Larry did it because they were a family with a very young child, and uh, he just thought the child was so cute, and that, and uh, just just a very giving person. And that if you needed help, in that certainly. Uh, he he would give you the help in that. Uh, I don't know how many Arduinos I bought uh, for future projects that I knew that he would help me out with and add. And 
Now I'm looking at these box art doing those kind of trout. <laughs> what am I going to do with them? <laughs> yes, I mean, that was just the nature of who he was in the hobby. He was just a generous friend in so many different capacities. Um, and I think through the COVID period, he and I chatted quite a, a bit as well and got a sense of his background. The seminarian is, is well noted by Mr. Rint. And I think it, I mean, I didn't have a military connection with him, but I certainly had a number of other connections with him. And he was just such a warm, giving human and someone who obviously had found a niche in the hobby. And once he'd found the niche, he exploited the niche and helped out a number of people in his area as well with their particular layouts. I mean, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed with my periodic conversations with him is that he was always helping out someone new with some aspect of the hobby, um, usually digital. Um, but also, I was talking a little bit earlier, and the snossiches, the meat that cook themselves. Do you have any, does anyone have any snossich memories on on your side? Yeah, I remember when uh, he sent me the car. He didn't tell me he was going to do it. I get this box in the mail, and I'm opening it up. And being an end scaler, what the heck use do I have for uh, an Atherin blue box? box? Oh, and I open it up, and I, I literally just burst out laughing because I knew exactly who had sent it to me. So it was, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's one of those fun little prizes to have on your shelf. Um, Amen. No, I. But, yeah, that, but that was Larry in so many ways. He would, he, would, he knew how to make you laugh. He knew uh, if you were struggling with something, he, he knew when to, to back off and, and comfort and encourage. Uh, he was just a good soul, uh, if, I, if I'm to be perfectly honest. Uh, and and there were times that uh, he would just out of nowhere, you know, I, I have a busy life and, and he would just stop and say, hey, how you doing? Just checking in, making sure you're all good. And and uh, and, and you just knew that, you know, you were being watched over by by. Uh, by Larry, and then he had an eye out for you. And now I, I think model railroading has its own little uh, guardian angel, to be honest. Without question. Yeah, without yeah. question. Yeah, Larry was at Springfield last weekend, and that was the first time I've seen him since, when did we see him at Train Fest, Mike? Was that 2018? Yeah. Yeah, Gosh. so I hadn't seen Larry in five years, and we were just walking around the show on Friday during setup, and, and we were actually had a, a really good conversation with him and you know finding a finding out about his passing literally where we're all like we just saw him like 43 hours ago oh yeah and that just made it even harder and he looked great he sounded great he had more work than what he knew what to do with yeah i mean there was, there was a lot of energy in his voice you know he was back involved in the nmra you know, helping out the board on the DCC side, yeah. you know, and he had been away from the NMRA for a while and, you know, they were able to, you know, get him back. Yeah. That was, that was Gordy that, uh, certainly angled him back in that. Right. And, you know, there was definite excitement in his voice. Without question. And, you know, we kept running in, I kept running into him on Saturday and on Sunday and, you know, he was just in a great mood, always had something good and funny to say. Oh, yeah. And which made it all the harder to, you know, find out about his passing. So, where, I mean. It, that was it, a nasty gut punch to wake up to. That yeah. Morning. Yeah. It, it was, it was a, a brutal, a brutal reality of just how fragile life is and mm -hmm. how it can be there one minute and then gone the next. And, uh you know, a bunch of us jumped on a Zoom. Was that Tuesday or Wednesday night, Mike? It was Wednesday, Wednesday. when we all found out. And yeah, and 
you know, at, you know, we're all in the state of shock mm. and it turned into, I think you said it, Jim, well, if Larry were here, he would, you know, say something and <laughs> yeah, he, tell us to, <laughs> you know, not be so sad. Yeah. Knock it off already. Yeah. yeah. Cut yeah. it out, you um, know, and we all, you know, got a laugh out of it. And then it turned into everyone, you know, kind of like what we're doing now, telling funny stories about Larry. Certainly. And there's never ending amount of stories. And, you know, that was, you know, it was, it was very therapeutic on a day that you found out that a good friend had passed. And it's reminiscent of when you hear stories about World War One pilots. Oh, yeah. Their own yeah. And they'd sit around the fire, drink and uh, throw the glasses into the fire. That's that's pretty much what it felt like that night. Certainly. Yeah. Well, I think you've rounded out the show perfectly. I think you've you, yeah. you've done everything I wanted. Thank you very much to Mike Slater for gathering together your your gang and uh, calling in. Yeah, we travel in packs, by the way. Here, <laughs> here in Wisconsin, when you get one, you get everybody. That yeah. seems to be the case. And I, I figured also the only way I'm going to get uh, Jim Jim on on the show here is to drive up to his house and force him onto the show. Very good. <laughs> Peer pressure yeah. is always welcome. Thank you all very much for calling in today. Pleasure chatting as always. Yep. Thanks for having us. Yeah, guys. thanks. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you soon. Take care. Yep. Bye.